What's up, everybody? Zach Watovich here. Hi, I'm Courtney Matern. Oh, I'm so used to my partner picking me up. Courtney, you're on the building code once again. Yes, I'm back. Wow. Well, okay. you're still ironing out our, our flow here. Yeah, we still need people to write in and vote. You know, who, who's got to go? Is it Zach or is it Charlie? So <laughs> I didn't know that was a poll. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Zach. Please don't vote me out of the building code. No, it's good to see you. It's good to be back. I'm excited about today's guest. Yes. Well, today we have Victor from VL Builders, Victor LeBeg. And he is here to talk about something very unique. He's a pretty young man in construction. He's got an incredible story. And he's got two businesses already, one in Minnesota and one in Colorado. Do you have you met any builders that have multiple businesses in different states? I don't think so. I, I think, is this our first one on the podcast who has multiple locations? I, a lot of times they have franchises mm -hmm. or they kind of, you know, have like different LLCs in the same area that do like remodel or new home or a custom division. So I'm really interested to kind of hear his story and yeah. kind of learn how did this happen? Yeah, he's definitely ambitious and he's probably got a lot of good advice to share. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get him on here. Hey, Victor, welcome to The Building Code. It's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. We always like to ask, hey, tell us your story. Awesome. Well, thanks, Zach and Courtney, for having me. Um, I'm Victor. I'm 29 years old, and I have two custom residential design build remodeling companies in Minnesota and Colorado. Luckily for me, I get to spend most of my time here in lovely Colorado, and with the little bit of free time that I have, I typically hang out with my dog moose go camping hiking at the slopes in the winter what a great and, dog uh, name yeah. moose yeah that's mental note yeah that's yeah, file that one away <laughs> and and you got like um, the, you know you got the minnesota you know the colorado tie and it's perfect yeah it is it really works well actually for having two companies it's only an hour difference so we can usually handle most things pretty easily within, you know, our normal time zone. And I, you know, you're 29. I feel like an old man. Yeah. I don't have sudden, any companies. I don't feel very accomplished <laughs> yeah. anymore. <laughs> you're just dunking on us in the, right in the intro, right in the Victor. Intro. <laughs> yeah. Well, but now you have to tell us like, how, how did these two businesses come to be? What's your background? Yeah. Was this your dream as a little kid? Is it a newfound passion? What's the story? Definitely. Well, pretty much as long as I can remember, I've had my hands on a hammer. Um, my dad was a carpenter by trade. He also did siding and windows. Uh, so naturally, growing up, I helped him with, you know, various projects. Um, but also, like, life wasn't super easy for me growing up. Um, and usually if I wanted something, I had to, like, go out and buy it or pay for it somehow. Uh, so being financially motivated growing up in small town, Minnesota, where no one really cared about, you know, uh, child labor laws. <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out dads, making know, their kids out yeah, there work. Shout out dad. I think small town Nebraska uh, is kind of similar yeah. too. <laughs> definitely. definitely. Um, so construction was always my go-to. Um, you know, I did everything I could, uh, helping my dad frame up houses, um, various remodeling projects. And then in middle school, I worked every summer pretty much for a roofing contractor, and I don't miss that. Um, it's <laughs> tough business. And then when I was six, 16 and got my driver's license, uh, I started working for a framing contractor out in North Dakota. Uh, so I'd spend like my winter breaks building pole barns and then uh, my summer breaks building uh, apartment buildings for him. 
that's so that's, that kind of ignited my passion, I guess, for construction. A, you, a tour in roofing really got you going, huh? You were like, let's just keep you hit like everything. You just, I'm like, you're gonna <laughs> keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, my my start really wasn't planned for owning a construction company. Um, I've always had like an entrepreneurial side. Uh, you know, when I was nine, like I printed out business cards and I went door to door and I sold lawn care services and stuff like that. Um, but I never really knew what I wanted to do with my entrepreneurial side. So after high school, my second passion is cars. So I got into the automotive industry. Um, and then 2018, I was laid off from being an independent contractor working for General Motors as like a retail rate analyst. Um, and I was 23 at the time and I had just bought my first house uh, and I had started remodeling it. And when I lost my position with GM, I, I knew I didn't want to go back to the auto industry, um, but I also had very little money, so I had to figure something out pretty quickly. Uh, and at the time, I also had a realtor that was going to like partner with me on a real estate deal, um, and it needed a ton of work. So he was going to bring the money, and I was going to do the work. Uh, but with my recent loss of income, I didn't want to like financially commit to another bill. Uh, so luckily for me, he decided to like hire me to fix up the property. Um, and I'd always had a passion for construction, really enjoyed, you know, the challenge that came with remodeling. Uh, so during that time, I took it as an opportunity to like pick up, pick up some work. Uh, and then, you know, next thing I knew I needed help. Um, I couldn't do it all on my own. So I hired some guys and um, kind of started from there. What were some of the early lessons you learned from that, that first gig fixing up the house and that property? Yeah. So, um, you know, fixing up the first place was, was pretty easy. It was a ton of work. I think I spent, uh, pretty much 14 hour days there by myself for like four months straight. Um, and my biggest lessons I think kind of really sunk in for me in 2019. Uh, I realized like I didn't know anything about how to run a construction company. I didn't know what job costing was. I didn't know how to read a PL. I didn't know, you know, how to like bid effectively. Um, I just knew how to swing a hammer really well. And um, by the end of 2019, I had guys working for me but they weren't extremely skilled. And I was in the field and I was doing sales calls on nights and evenings and weekends. Uh, and so at the end of 2019, I didn't have any work left because I was so busy building this addition project. And I really realized like I, I had to learn to take off the tool belt and really kind of start running a business effectively. And so I spent the next couple of years just learning everything I possibly could from you know job costing, unit cost estimating, um, everything I could about code compliance and uh, leading and managing people, which is what I focus a lot of my time on now. I'm so impressed, man. That's that's incredible for being so young and just finding a way to make it happen. I've talked to a lot of guys in the industry that are, they were you, um, mm -hmm. but they're a little bit, they've like made it to the more seasoned side and they're like running their, their you know, multiple LLCs and like you're already doing it. So I kind of feel like I, I'm like, I want to keep following you, see where you go next. Um, Definitely. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. Um, you know, I, I'm just looking at your website. It looks like you, you've got a good leadership team around you too. Can you talk a little bit about kind of why you've found it important to kind of bring in some people that maybe have been in the industry and on the business side a little bit longer? 
definitely. Um, I didn't know anything about design or, you know, selecting materials and everyone tells me I have a knack for it, but I don't feel like I'm actually very good at it at all. Um, and so in 2020, I decided that I wanted to start doing like bigger, bigger remodels. Um, and I wanted to have intention behind it. And so, um, I implemented, you know, a design build process. We went from just being a GC that took everything to, you know, we're going to design every project that we take on. We're going to handpick the materials and just really offer like this experience. Um, and for me, it's always been about, I'm, I'm the type of person, like when I do something, I'm going to, I'm going to put 120% in and I want to do it better than anybody else. Uh, and so I felt that it was important for me to go out and find people that a either had the experience or were coachable to learn the experience. Um, cause the, the other side for me too, is I have a lot of passions. And so I, I want multiple businesses, you know, and I want to be in real estate. And I, I like building systems and processes and I really love coaching people and, you know, pushing them to be, be better in our industry. Um, cause everyone's heard it, right? The horror story of, you know, I hired this contractor, he came in, they did a terrible job or they ran off with my money. Um, and so for me, it's also kind of about changing our, our industry as a whole. That's incredible. I'm, I'm curious too. So from Minnesota, bought a business in Colorado. What's it like running two businesses in two fairly different places in terms of their, yeah. you know, even the land, the topography, the the soil like what you can and can't do uh from a coding standpoint like was that a, a risk in buying that business or were you just kind of like you know what we're going to figure it out yeah you know i'm i'm definitely a problem solver so figuring it out is like my my motto yeah. um it doesn't matter what comes my way but you know to to bring up a point like there was a lot of things that i didn't really anticipate to be extremely different uh, so when I got out to Colorado, like, like Minnesota is a very organized state, you know, you, you're licensed at the state level, you have continuing education requirements that you have to meet. And I'm a licensed builder there. Um, Colorado is licensed at the city and like jurisdiction level. Mm, so if really? you're in an unincorporated area, you're licensed with the county. And none of those counties or cities talk to each other. They all in interpret building codes differently. Um, and Minnesota is interesting because we get the worst of both worlds up there. It's extremely cold in the winters, extremely hot and humid in the summers. So I'm really good with energy efficiency and things like that. And Colorado is pretty relaxed on some of those things here compared to Minnesota. So that was always a shock for me. Um, but something that I'm definitely still learning about is our expansive soils here in Colorado or like bentonite and you know, your basement walls are framed differently uh, because it's very common for slabs to move and shift. Uh, so I rely a lot on my team, my subcontractors and things like that to, to kind of guide me on those areas. And um, if they don't know and I don't know, then I'm seeking out someone who does so I can learn everything about it. I'm just thinking about all the little metros around Denver and just thinking about having to figure out your license and each one. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. Yeah. yeah. Like Minneapolis doesn't yeah. have as many. Well, they do, but I, it's like Colorado for whatever reason, every time I go through Denver, it's like Littleton, you know, it's like how many towns Aurora. Just passed da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just connected. I'm really yeah. interested yeah. if you started, like you started your first company in Minnesota and now you're in Colorado as well. 
like when your journey with builder trend started were you very early on thinking i need uh tech or software to keep me organized or is it something that was advised later on yeah so i definitely needed something to keep me organized and it's actually funny like 20 i think it was 2019 i signed up for builder trend and i was like this is going to be great but i'm not super tech savvy even though i'm i'm super young and I'm, I'm better now than I was in 2019, but I had builder trend and I was like, this is way too much for me to be able to manage and, and use. And I also did like, I was swinging the hammer every day and doing sales calls at night. So I didn't have time to like build it out. So I switched from builder trend for a little while. And then I realized like we got super busy and I had no way to schedule projects effectively. And so um, that in the project portal, I was like game on, like, we're going to bring Builder Trend on again. Uh, and so for the last, I think, three years, um, I've had Builder Trend and, you know, we've we've built it out to our company and we're still still working on building out some things this year, but it has been an immense help uh, for us. Well, I imagine too, it, you probably have people that are using it in both states. And so even just being yeah. able to collaborate in a place together where you're not and there's just a lot of information to exchange across construction platforms. So having it in one place has got to be for you, especially valuable. Then you don't have to, you know, drive to Minnesota every day and do site visits, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's hugely valuable. Uh, cause definitely one of the risks, right. Of, of being licensed in multiple places and being a license holder is like, it's your, it's your life and license on the line. So if something goes wrong, you know, you end up with the repercussions of that, not whoever screwed it up. So um, having daily logs, like our, our team really uses daily logs effectively. Um, I can, you know, see what's going on on our job sites. My PMs in Minnesota can like ask me questions. Like we, we had a kitchen they got it the other day and it had like craft paper on the exterior walls and then insulation and then more craft paper. And they were like, how, how do we approach this? So I was able to just like shoot a comment on there. Um, and then we use actually one builder trend platform for both companies. We don't really entirely run both companies separate, mm -hmm. which was a part of our strategic move with buying a second location. Mm. Uh, and so the collaboration and just document storage and everyone being able to like uh, collaborate together is, is immensely helpful for us. I know shifting gears away from builder trend. I'm, it popped in my yeah. head when you're talking about different like buying a location, did you yeah. have, do you have plans that you are, you know, taking or design styles or taking from Minnesota or Colorado or vice versa? Do you notice any cross, like all this worked really well in this market and tried it in Colorado or like, what's your kind of like aesthetic plan for your business? Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're 100% custom, okay. uh, which, which makes it a little hard yeah. to track like friends and stuff like that because we literally do something different on every project. Um, I think what was funny to me and what I didn't expect is like, I'm from Northern Minnesota originally. So it's a very like rustic and cabin mm -hmm. type vibe. And that's very common here in the foothills of the mountains. So now we're kind of doing a lot of projects like where I'm originally from, uh, and Minnesota still seems to be on that like traditional mid-century modern path. Uh, so we don't see a lot of cross collaboration in, you know, the materials that we're, we're putting in, or at least the color schemes. Uh, but I do think 
having the different experiences has definitely helped us with like construction planning and like how we approach certain situations. One challenge that is kind of top of mind for a lot of builders I talk to is the labor shortage and hiring Mm -hmm. and kind of construction's people problem. Have you had different challenges in these two different markets when it comes to hiring, recruiting talent, building out a team, or are you seeing similar uh, hurdles in both markets? Definitely. So that was something that was also kind of a shock to me. Um, we're, we're still trying to figure recruitment out um, as is like everybody right now, um, you know, for every five people that are retiring, um, we're typically having one enter. And so um, it's it's really surprising how different our labor markets are in Colorado versus Minnesota. Um, in Colorado, we seem to be able to find like skilled people in our industry relatively easily. Or when we post a job, we have, you know, a good handful of candidates at least to pick from. But in Minnesota, when we're looking for field staff, project managers, sales and design staff, it's a lot harder for us to find those skilled people. And we're usually sifting through like hundreds of applications of baristas or servers that might be looking for an easy way to make more money or a quick industry change. Uh, And I haven't been able to tell for sure if it's the industry in Minnesota or if it has to do with the fact that, you know, most people in Minnesota have lived there their entire lives and, and they have good roots and connections. And so they've likely found a company that they're super happy working with and aren't looking to change. Whereas in Colorado, uh, there are a lot of people who are coming here. And a lot of my team here has lived here for a long time, but I also find a lot of people that are coming here and looking for a new job. Um, You know, one thing that we try to focus on when recruiting is we use a multi-level recruitment process. And uh, I stress to my team, like people and culture are first. We're, We're a training company, even though we primarily remodel. Our goal is to build people and build culture and train them to be really good at what they do in our industry. And so uh, we vet, you know, everyone that comes to work for us pretty pretty hard. We start with a phone screen. Uh, typically, they'll come in for a first round interview. Uh, then we check their references. Then they go through some testing. And then if they pass all that, then I'm meeting with them for a second round interview and we're bringing them in. Um, when it comes to like retaining our staff, I, I feel like we do a pretty good job of that. Um, and you know, I, I really try to make it a great place for us to work. So, um, this year I would say it's been a little bit challenging to, you know, break down the barriers and spread my enthusiasm between our companies. Uh, so having really good people who are culture fit are, are important because you have to keep that culture alive. And, um, we also run on EOS. So like everything's super clear, everyone knows their roles. Uh, everyone has like a number that they're responsible for within the company. Um, and what issues we're focusing on, like knocking down this quarter. Um, and also we pay really well. So we, we pay at the top end of the market. We have, you know, four, 4% match 401, two weeks PTO, health, dental, life. Uh, we do seven paid holidays. And then I also shut the company down. Uh, more so for my own sanity between Christmas and New Year's, fully paid for everybody. Uh, and then we try to do, you know, every quarter we're volunteering somewhere, uh, like we did Ronald McDonald House here in Colorado last quarter. Um, and then we're typically also doing like some sort of quarterly event just to get the team together, uh, like Top Golf or Axe Throwing. 
uh, one that I want to do is a uh, escape room just to kind of oh, yeah. see how everyone does together in that. It's Pick, funny. You have pickleball. a lot of that's a good yeah, one. pickleball. Everyone at Builderton, we're all doing team outings with pickleball. And I think it's so interesting how much overlap and like some of your approaches to building a team culture is similar to what we've done here at Buildertrend, a tech company. Yeah. So it's almost like you're using those innovative techniques to attract and keep talent at a time when other companies are struggling. And definitely, what do you think the payoff or like the benefits you've seen from, I don't know, you just seem to have such a growth, a growth mindset and you're willing to be innovative. How has that benefited you so far? Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned like that we're doing a lot of the same things as Builder Trend because I remember coming to like Builder Trend University and walking in the doors and you can almost like feel the culture in Builder Trend when you walk in. Like everyone's happy, everyone's doing what they're what they seem to be like supposed to be doing. Everyone's greeting you, um, and I really wanted that for for our company, and so I actually like doubled down on that. I I think the benefit is. Kind of like I mentioned, like your your staff are happier, which gives you better customer service and customer satisfaction and helps your brand. Um, everyone is willing to collaborate together, but also have those difficult conversations. You know, a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of people struggle with like coming to the table and talking about something that's really, really difficult. And so we're encouraging our team to have those conversations. Get it out in the open. I don't want any animosity. I don't want resentment. Like, if there's a problem, let's figure it out together and how we move forward. And um, for us as a company who is still relatively small um, but wants to grow, that also helps us break down obstacles and barriers a lot faster. Yeah, you said a, the brand word. Which one? Well, just that whenever brand, Courtney hears brand, I oh, just yeah. can feel <laughs> she's going she's gonna to dive into the brand is the most important yeah. thing that you can have at your business. It's an intangible <laughs> asset for your business. See, there it goes. <laughs> but I, I think it's, uh, it goes a long way to remember that there's a difference between a, a compliant employee and a committed employee and compliance doesn't equal commitment. So when they're like, when you oh. say when they're happy, like you don't want there to be this animosity or they're just doing things because they have to and they're checking it off a list. You want it to be because they want to and they, they love to come to work and do what they, they do which we do yeah. here. So it's, it's cool that we inspired you. You got to come back and visit the office again. Well, purpose is what, you know, you can work anywhere, you can do anything. And it's like everyone, motivation comes from purpose. You know, it's like, this is what I do. And the more your job can simulate that, the more output you're going to get. It's on the employer to create that mm -hmm. environment. If you make it look like the Soviet Union in your office and everybody looks the same and they have to dress the same and they have to do the things and just be looking at spreadsheets or whatever. Like a lot of times they're going to, they're going to, they're going to revolt. They're going to say, I, I hate this. I'm just here for the paycheck. Uh, so it's an investment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, agree. I agree with that. Um, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, um, you know, part of our goal this year is, was like reworking our process. Like when I, when I bought Colorado, I, I came in super confident and I was like, I have all these great processes. It was half the reason we bought, bought the new company. Uh, and then I got here and I started really looking at things. I was like, nothing, nothing works. It's too stringent. It's too complicated. So let, let's simplify that. Let's break down barriers, but also like, let's, let's put enough flexibility into it where our people can be people and do things 
enough in their own style that they don't feel like they're working for someone who is a, you know, making you stand on an assembly line having to do these things. I think having flexibility in your processes and systems drives creativity, which also helps with purpose. Um, and you're right, purpose is also extremely important. Uh, and so it was funny, we, you know, last last December we had like our annual company meeting and we're establishing goals for the year. And I try to stay really quiet in that meeting because I want, I don't want it to be my goals. I want it to be my team's goals. Uh, and my team came up with the exact same thing that I wanted anyways. Like we, we settled on a, a similar revenue target. Um, our, one of our 10 year goals is to start a nonprofit foundation, uh, to help end homelessness. And like my team came up with that on their own, but it was also something that's been a big passion of mine as well. So I think surrounding yourself with, with people like that is immensely helpful. You are incredible, man. I'm like over here just goosebumps. Yeah. Like literally just (laughs) blown away. When did you come to BTU? Uh, I came to BTU, I think it was November of 2021. Okay. We both would have been here. Yeah. I I just, I don't know if we, if I missed you or what, but I, uh, I, you're just, you're saying things that are, they're not apparent to a lot of leaders, a lot of people that, you know, they are open to kind of this, this prosperous, always improve, but never a cost mindset. It's something that I think the people that I look up to, you know, they, they had to learn some of those lessons. They tried it and, you know, they were, they were much, they were in a much different part of their lives, you know? So I'm just, I'm really impressed at how you've been able to do all this. I want to know like, what, what's the next state? You moving on to the, you know, are you going to take over every state in America? (laughs) So that's not the, we don't have any plans for expansion at the moment. (laughs) Um, Actually, one of my big goals is to, um, I don't know if you'd call it semi-retire, maybe, maybe step out uh, of my companies. Uh, My goal was 30. I'm feeling like I'm not going to hit that, but I'm doing everything I can. Yeah, Uh, you failure. I do have big passions and I I'd like to just have the time to be able to spend some of my time on that instead of, you know, working my life away, yeah. uh, for, forever and ever. Um, but a, a big goal of that and a big passion of mine is also, you know, like I, like I mentioned earlier, changing the industry a little bit. And so, you know, something that I've worked really hard on this year is we're building out an online learning management system. Uh, so we can train all of our staff super effectively. Uh, and it not only trains on like our company processes, but it trains on like, here's best practices and framing, roofing, siding, window flashing, like all these things. Um, and so my long-term goal is to create like a employee path to ownership program. So I may not like own businesses in every state, uh, but I'd like to get to a point where we have all these things fully implemented within our company and if I have an employee that wants to become a, a competitor, great. Like, let me let me train you up. Let's buy this company. Let's put you in it, and you can run it off the systems that we perfected. So, your vision statement sounds a little like builder trends, like to change the way the world builds. You'll be training these team members who are using excellent systems, who have these <laughs> values of doing good in the community, and that'll just spread. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's, that is one of my goals. You know, I think, um, the industry 
there, there's so many great people in the industry, so I don't want to bad mouth it. But I think there's just as many people out there that, you know, learn from somebody who learned from somebody who learned from somebody. And what they do might work, but we're also evolving, right? Like technology is more of a thing in our everyday lives. And we have to, we have to learn how to, how to grow and change and evolve as, as an industry. And so I really, I really think it's important to teach higher standards and kind of set some sort of standard for how we do things and try to teach that to others who might not be doing it as well as us. What an incredible message. Well, it was an honor getting to talk to you today. You're always welcome back on the building code. I want to, I'd love to come back. I want to hear about, you know, in a year from now, which yeah, we have to mark your milestones yeah. and celebrate them on the yeah. podcast. Maybe it'll be your 30 year retirement. You don't yeah. know. It could really just, if you retire in the next year, you got to come here. We'll throw you a retirement. That's right. Party. That's right. All right. I'll take you up on that. Denver's yeah. not far from Omaha. That's it's right. Like a 50 minute. Uh, I don't know what the time change is. It really two hours, but it feels like it's an hour. Minutes, an hour. Yeah. Flight. It's an hour. Yeah. Your, your central time, right? It'll be fun. We'll open up the BT bar yeah. for you. We'll celebrate. <laughs> I don't think we've ever offered the BT bar <laughs> I mean, on the pod. Courtney's over here. 30. I mean, yeah, that's, be that's big time. That's big always time. looking for a reason to throw a party. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Gotta have fun too. Yes. All right, Victor. Well, thanks for coming on again, and we'll have you back, all right? Yeah, thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you, Zach and Courtney. I really appreciated meeting both of you today, and have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, we just had Victor on the podcast. What a great interview. He was so inspiring. He really was. I was being genuine when I was talking about his, he just has this almost like old soul to him kind of very mature. Yeah, very- a lot of wisdom very early in his career. And also I think it's worth noting his growth mindset, mm-hmm. his ability to change and flex and also find talent to fill in the knowledge gaps he has. I think sometimes people's egos get in the way when they're building their business. They get uh, you know, a little self-conscious about what they don't know and he just owned it and built a really strong team. Yeah. I really enjoyed his perspective and everything that he kind of talked about with his journey. Uh, I have a ton of respect for anybody who goes and start a business. When you're young, you kind of have different circumstances. Like your safety nets are a little different. You don't have as much, you know, like fallback plans. Uh, maybe that's a good thing too. Like you just, what do I have to yeah, lose? You don't Go know for what you it. Don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just kind of take it and run with it. But he's been wildly successful and i don't know next time i'm out in denver i definitely want to see if i can drop in and just kind of shadow him a little bit i think his approach to how he takes care of his team like being at the top of the pay scale offering great benefits and being a leader in that realm is really going to set him up for success with the challenges that the industry is facing with labor shortages and he's probably one to watch and even for experienced builders to take a look at and maybe learn some lessons as well yeah well i hope we can get him back on uh in a, a little bit longer yeah we gotta check story. in yeah. if he retires at 30 yeah we're gonna host that party here at building that's Trend, right so. that's right i mean what a what a goal i'm like oh i missed it I'm, maybe i'll hit 40. yeah i'm not, no i don't think for me yeah it's not of the cards and Fingers crossed. yeah <laughs> all right everybody well thank you so much for listening to today's episode courtney 
remind them about all of our social. Where should they like? Where should they comment? Yeah, you got to join our Building Code crew on Facebook. It's a Facebook community where you can chime in about what guests you want to hear from. You can ask questions to other Builder Trend users. It's a great community. So head over to the Facebook group and then follow us on uh, all of our channels at Builder Trend. Uh, make sure you like, review, and rate the podcast. That's how we get more and more listeners. It's how we top the charts. And you can send us emails at podcast at buildertrend.com. I mean, we would love to have your feedback. We'd love to know what you thought about the guests. Uh, we're also always looking for guests. So send us a note. Let us know how we're doing. And if you want to boot one of us off, obviously. Yeah, you can cast your vote via email, social media, or phone call. Do we have a phone? I don't know if we have a phone number anymore. Oh, yeah, just call in to support. Just let it right. <laughs> yeah, call in to place your vote. Yeah. American Idol. Yeah, they'll love that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time.